Well, good morning. Today is uh, Thursday, September the 8th. Hope that you're doing well. Let's go ahead and pick up our study in Galatians, uh, chapter number 1, where we read, Paul, an apostle, not from men nor through men, but through Jesus Christ, and God the Father raised him from the dead, and all the brethren who are with me to the churches of Galatia, grace to you and peace from God the Father and our Lord Jesus Christ, who gave himself for our sins, that he might deliver us from the present evil age according to the will of God and Father, our God and Father. To him be glory forever and ever. I marvel that you are turning away so soon from him who called you in the grace of Christ to a different gospel, which is not another, but there are some who trouble you and want to pervert the gospel of Christ. But even if we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel to you than what we, than what we have preached to you, let him be a curse. As we've said before, so now I say again, if anyone preaches any other gospel to you than what you have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God? Or do I seek to please men? For if I still pleased men, I would not be a bondservant of Christ. But I make known to you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man. For I neither received it from man, nor was I taught it. But it came through the revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard of my former conduct in Judaism, how I persuaded the church or persecuted the church of God beyond measure, and I tried to destroy it. And I advanced in Judaism beyond many of my contemporaries, and in my own nation, being more exceedingly zealous for the traditions of my fathers. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me through his grace, to reveal his Son in me, that I might preach him among the Gentiles. You know, the Bible promises in Isaiah 1.18, Come now, let us reason together, saith the Lord. Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. And though they be red like crimson, they shall be as wool. You see, it doesn't, you see, it, it doesn't matter how many bad things that you've done. God can forgive you if you simply come to him with a broken and a contrite heart and ask him to do so. You know, in First in, uh, John 1, 9, it says, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and he's just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. If we would confess them, if we will own up to them. And that's the problem is a lot of people don't want to admit that they're a sinner. You know, the Bible says comparing yourselves among yourselves is not wise. If I, I can always find another human being that I believe that I'm better than, always. But God, I, I, there's no comparison. We need to compare ourselves only with one, and that's not each other. And if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And notice he goes on in verse 16 in the second part. He says, um, to reveal him, his son in me that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately confer with flesh and blood, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to, the, to those who were apostles before me, but I went to Arabia and returned again to Damascus. The first thing that I want us to notice is that God called Paul, not man. Paul didn't go up to Jerusalem to ask the most eminent of the apostles. And he's, thought, he's talking about Peter and James and John, etc., what they thought 
about it. He knew that he knew that he was called by God to the ministry. You know, I've met many men over the years that simply did not feel comfortable in their, quote, calling. They waffled back and forth, unsure as to who had called them at all. I had an old preacher tell me one time, if you can do anything else but preach, do us all a favor and do it. We must make sure that what we are doing is what God called us to do and not what we or man wants us to do. Because in the end, God will only bless if we are ordained to it. The second thing that I want us to notice is that Paul went away into Arabia, he says, after his conversion experience. What was that all about? Maybe Paul just needed some alone time with God. After all, he had been killing the very ones that he was confessing to be a part of now. You know, I'm sure that he had to get a few things settled. Sometimes I wish that I could disappear into the desert for a little while by myself. You know, we're not sure how long Paul was in the desert, but we do know that from time to time, um, during, during his conversion, between the time he was converted and the time that he arrived in Jerusalem, that three years had elapsed. So from the time of his calling to the time he arrived in Jerusalem to meet with the apostles was a period of three years. That's a lot of alone time with God. Uh, I find it interesting that the apostles that Christ called to his side, he mentored them for a total of three years. There's something about three years, I guess, in the Bible, uh, being alone with God. I mean, it's a recurring theme, as a matter of fact. Um, God takes the people that he loves. God takes the people that he's chosen to a, quote, desert experience. Some people refer to it as desert theological seminary. It's a time to be alone with God. I mean, I think of Moses, you know, before he led the people out of Egypt in Exodus chapter number three, he was led out into the wilderness uh, for a period of time to be ministered to by God. As a matter of fact, in Exodus, uh, let's see, that's Exodus chapter number three. It says, now Moses was tending the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, of Midian, and he had led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to Horeb to the mountain of God. And it's there that the, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a flame of fire in the midst of a bush. You see, God had to get Moses away from everything that he knew, you know, everything that he considered to be dear to himself before he could reveal himself to Moses. Elijah before he was called to confront the wicked queen Jezebel in uh, 1 Kings. It's in 1 Kings in chapter number uh, 19. We see, and you know, the Lord, and there was a cave in, in 1 Kings 9, 9. Uh, let's see, let's read it for context. Uh, 1 Kings 19, 1, and Ahab told Jezebel all that Ahab had done and how he had executed all the prophets with the sword. And then Jezebel sent a messenger to Elijah and said, So be the gods, so let the gods do to me, and more else also, if I do not make your life as the life of one of them by tomorrow about this time. And when he saw that, he arose and ran for his life. And he went a day's journey into the wilderness and came and sat down under a broom tree and he prayed that he might die and said, It's enough, Lord, take my life, for I'm no better than my father's. 
And it was there that the Lord ministered to him. It was there that the angel of the Lord came and spoke with Elijah. It was there that he ministered to him both physically and emotionally and prepared him for what he had for him to do next. It was in the desert. And then uh, finally Jesus, you know, to prepare himself for the cross, he went into the desert. And, you know, in Matthew chapter number four, verses one through 11, he went into the desert and he was tempted, but he was tempted by the devil, but he was also built up. Thus says the word of the Lord, you know, thus it is written. He took him back to the scriptures. He strengthened Christ in the backside of that desert. How about you? Have you ever been in the desert? What is God preparing you for? I don't believe God drives us to the desert for no reason at all. He's preparing us for something. And we need to learn to look at desert places as preparation places. They're like valleys between mountaintops. In order to cross from one mountaintop to another, you have to go down through that valley, that valley of preparation, that valley of the Lord ministering to you. And think about it. If we were on the mountaintop all the time, I, I, I don't think we would appreciate that time with God. You know, when God ministers to us in our darkest of darkest hour, it's when God comes when there's no one else around. It's when God makes himself real in our lives. It's in the desert experiences of our lives. It's in the times of our lives when we're hurting that the Lord ministers to us in such a powerful way to prepare us for what he has next.